we all know that the challenges of dairy farming in a rapidly changing world can be overwhelming at times. When that happens, it's important to know that support is out there. It's just about taking that step to ask for help. Fifth generation North Canterbury dairy farmer Sam Spencer Bauer knows that firsthand. Sam's kindly joined us today to talk about his mental health journey. He admits that he once thought depression was for people who weren't strong enough to hold it all together. In this podcast, Sam talks about things like his overly active inner critic, how he worked out he was experiencing depression, how he first mustered the courage to ask for help, and the skills he's developed to cope with the stresses of the job so he can keep on enjoying farming. Welcome to episode 51 of Talking Dairy. My name is Ben Chapman-Smith. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified when new episodes go live. Right, let's get into it and hear what Sam's got to say. Hey, so Sam, to get things going, tell us a bit about your farming journey and why farming is so important to you. Yeah, so I I did a BCom Ag at Lincoln, and then I went to work for a seed company, which was AgriSeeds, now called Barrenbrook. So I was there for seven years, and then 2012, I came back home to the farm when we started our first dairy conversion, which is now 11 years ago. And then why farming so important to me, probably just because of our family heritage. I'm fifth generation on our farm. Pretty new to dairy farming, but farming is in the blood. So yeah, and, and really love it. Am I right you converted about 1,400 hectares of was it sheep, beef and cropping to, to dairy? Not all of that was conversion. Probably uh, about half of that was converted because one, one farm we bought about six years ago and there's also some dairy support land as well, but that had to be developed also. So tell us about the, the farm setup, like how many cows you're milking, and also tell us a bit about your family. Yep. So, yeah, the farm's 1,400 hectares, like you say, three dairy units, 3,000 cows, mostly self-contained with a runoff for wintering and young stock. I'm looking after two of the farms now, and my brother's just this season, he started looking after one of them. Yeah, look, mum and dad are still around and, and and involved in the farm. I'm just employed at this stage, so we're sort of working through some succession things as well, which all adds to the strain of, of trying to run a business. And I've got my wife Jo and two girls are 10 and 7. So, Sam, when you are feeling 100%, when you're feeling you know at your best, what do you enjoy most about dairy farming? Um, I enjoy seeing happy animals that are producing well and I enjoy having an efficient system that's functioning well. I enjoy, you know, seeing happy people. I enjoy with our staff team as, you know, that they're making a future on our farm and, and they're happy in their work and their lives. And I also enjoy, you know, my family being involved in the farm and, and our kids growing up here on the farm, enjoying them being part of it. It was great. When did that first change for you? When do you remember first noticing that maybe the enjoyment factor wasn't there for you and sort of what tipped you off that something was amiss? Yeah, so it was it was about 2014 roughly and it just, everything seemed to um, get on top of me and, and I actually, you know, stopped being able to function and I just wanted to re- withdraw from all people and all situations really. You know, workload was, we're under the pump, really, doing the dairy conversions, and, and I was learning how to dairy farm. 
you know, family's been farming a long time, but dairy's pretty new. Yeah, so the the busyness and and not taking enough breaks along with a lot of self-doubt. You know, I was quite worried that you're going to muck it up and fail. And I probably had a what they call an overactive inner critic. I was pretty hard on myself. Yeah, just that, that self-doubt basically took over. and But probably prompted by the fact of, of that workload pressure and, and lack of breaks. And I was a bit like what, what other people expected me to achieve as well. It used to worry me that I felt like I wasn't living up to the expectations of neighbours and the locals, etc., which was just totally wrong. You thought they had these expectations of you, but they didn't at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, you um, fifth generation farmer on a, on a big farm, and you know you you should you should have it all sorted and be doing really well. And that was expectations that weren't even weren't even real. Yeah, I suspect a lot of people can relate to that. What you're saying, I mean, the withdrawing part of it. Did you withdraw quite heavily? Like, did people notice that happening? Leading up to it, I'd been so busy that you know I'd been doing the normal social interactions that you you normally would. And that probably contributed it, to be fair. Uh, mm. But I probably did a pretty good job of hiding it, you know, with the staff and things. That you try to put on a brave face each day and, and pretend everything was normal. It's kind of a downward spiral because you are so worried that people will see through you and find out that you, um, yeah, it just puts more pressure on you. So, what prompted you to reach out for help? When did that happen? You know, who did you actually approach for help? I think it was about six months of just persevering with yeah, feeling pretty crap. Look, I could I could talk to my wife Jo about it, but I didn't want her to tell anyone, let anyone know. But it took about six months, I think, before well, she basically made me go to the doctor. Like I knew I knew something wasn't right, but just felt like it was a real weakness that, you know, only only people that aren't tough enough are gonna get depression. I mean you can just tough your way through it. But I Googled it and yeah, John Kerwin came up and from memory it listed through like symptoms and, and things. I was like, oh, okay, I think that's this might be what's happening here. Yeah, that was pretty challenging. Yeah, it took it took a while to get enough courage to, to go to the doctor and say, look, I, I think I think this is might be what's going on. And from there it was, um, yeah, counsellors and some medication and started to get things back on track. When you went to the doctor and, and you did talk about how you were feeling – I mean, what did the doctor say to you? They were they were really good about it because it's far more common than you think. You know, they they just look at it like another illness, so they're really good about it. They did, you know, like any other illness, work through the symptoms to try and diagnose what the what the issue is. It is a genuine illness that can happen. It's it's often triggered by something, by an event of some sort. Because I remember one thing with it is I remember thinking, well, what have I got to be depressed about? My situation compared to other people is really not that bad at all. I mean, yeah, quite busy, working quite hard, but very lucky to have a family farm. People won't understand why I've got depression. So, you know, other people have family members with illness or, or death or, you know, natural disasters, that sort of thing that really can trigger this stuff. But what I learned from there, like I did quite a lot of reading about it, that probably helped quite a lot too, is just researching it for yourself to try and understand what's going on. I began to look at it like, well, you, your brain is, there's some wiring wrong here and it's just your brain is playing tricks on you. And when you start to look at it like that, you realise that um, yeah, you can work through it. 
How long did it take before you started to sort of feel like you were getting back to your normal self? I think like about six months. It's just a, a gradual improvement. Yeah. You said you got some counselling. Did that help quite a lot for you being able to talk about it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just trying to understand what, why it happened and, and what was happening in your brain, some of the chemistry hmm. factors. I understand that part of your story is actually that depression did creep back in for you. Is that right? Yeah, there was a couple of relapses. The first one worse than the second. But by the second time, it's funny, you could really, you could almost feel it coming. And you're just like, oh, hello. Winston Churchill talked about the black dog. And that, that resonated with me quite a lot because, yeah, it's like the black dog's just turned up again. And it was a good way of thinking about it. It's this, yeah, you've got to live with this thing. Like it doesn't go away completely, but you just got to learn how to, to manage it. Hey, Sam, so many farmers, many dairy farmers are going through some pretty tough financial times at the moment now with the cost squeeze, as you know. What strategies are you using to stay in a good place now with your well-being? Yeah, ma- maintaining that support network around you. And the main thing is just the good basic habits. You know, I talk about diet, exercise, sleep social interactions and just yeah keeping the workload in check and making sure you take the breaks you know I was pretty dreadful at not wanting to go on holiday not wanting to leave the farm because I was worried about all the work I had to get done and missing out on things so just having to force yourself to to take those breaks and probably the other thing is um yeah just making sure keep keep talking keep up the comms with those close to you yeah. Apart from your wife, have you got some sort of key people that you do talk to, you know, when you feel that pressure coming on? Oh, look, yeah, Joe's the main one, but we set up an advisory board for the farm because of some interesting family dynamics of running a reasonably large business. So having an advisory board certainly helps. So you've got some good solid governance there and, and some of those people are good sounding boards for just checking in and, and checking how you're, that you're keeping things in perspective. Yeah. Sounds like you've kind of learned how to use these different skills or uh, tools to keep yourself well. Is that fair? Yep, yep, that's right. Once I learned that depression, you know, you don't really cure it. You just learn to manage it. Yeah, yeah. You talked about the black dog. How do you know when the black dog's kind of uh, creeping around? What are the warning signs for you? Yeah, it's probably, you know, it's normally always triggered by something, you know, in my case, it's probably when you're, um, things get really busy and you, and you just get busy or, or complicated and you get really overwhelmed and you start focusing in on, on little things and, and, and you lose that perspective. Yeah. Hey, Sam, if you could talk to yourself in 2014, you're the younger version of yourself, nearly 10 years ago, what would you say to that, that younger version of yourself back then who was you know, really struggling? Yeah, just don't, don't be so hard on yourself and it's okay to make mistakes i mean that's how you learn and that's how you grow you know and the, and the whole having depression has has been a, an exercise in growth for me so i think um yeah just just don't don't sweat the small stuff so much hey and sam how do you look after you know you've got a team there is there anything that you do to actually just keep everybody on the team in a good place yeah so we you know because i've been through this i do focus quite a lot on trying to it's just the communication and talking, obviously, and trying to manage um, hours, workload, 
you know, having good rosters, which has been a challenge the last while with the way the employment market is. But yeah, the main thing is just, yeah, lots of talking. You know, we try and get togethers as often as we can where you can talk about, not talking about farming, but just, just life in general, just a, a good check-in with how people are. Yeah, good one. And if anyone's listening to this who is actually in a really difficult spot right now, what would you say to them, Sam? The biggest thing is don't be afraid to to open up. If you sense those things are really getting on top of you and, it, and it's worse than just a busy patch, yeah, it takes quite a lot of balls, I think, to open up and talk to Talk to those closest to you, but then you may need to take the next step and, and talk to someone professional. Yeah, because you, you're worried that you're going to be judged and the stigma around it. But nowadays, that yeah, I feel like that's um, that's disappearing. And once you do open up, it's surprising how people are quite receptive to helping. And make a plan, S- small steps. That was something for me. You just get overwhelmed by something big in front of you, but you just got to you know, how do you eat an elephant? It's just one bite at a time. Can you give an example of that, Sam? Like something that was really overwhelming for you or has been over the years where you've done that, where you've broken it down into small steps? I'm just looking, you know, just, just to make that really tangible. Uh, probably some of the, the dairy conversion work. You know, you've got a deadline to have a farm ready because cows are going to calve. And you look at where you, the end goal is and you think holy heck how am I going to get there in the time frame yeah it was just making a a careful plan of of each day not looking too far ahead but lots of planning but focus on the on the small steps each day when you look back at where you were in 2004 or when you actually first converted to dairy and can you look and see how much you've grown not just as a human but as a dairy farmer yeah you definitely and and it certainly feels like all the pushing yourself out, out of that comfort zone is is quite rewarding now when you look back. I just I think of some of those guys in the in the North Island with some of that cyclone damage at the moment, and I could I could sense that it'd be a similar sort of feeling to what I had with a dairy conversion. You know, some of your farms are just completely destroyed, and how you can just focus on the next day with where you need to get to in the end. I'm interested in knowing, are there any particular books or podcasts or websites or just anything that's been particularly useful for you on your journey? Yeah, probably John Kerwin's was probably the best book. That was the first one I read and that was really helpful. And Doug Avery's one as well was was pretty helpful. And reading stuff about Winston Churchill, he he was he explained it pretty well too. I guess he could it's the way he could sort of summarize it into sort of quirky sort of statements that little, little one-liners that you could just keep you know in your mind when you felt things not going quite right hey mate well thank you so much for uh, giving up your time to do this and, and just contributing to the the great work that a bunch of people are doing to talk about mental health in the sector it's really really important so thank you for putting yourself forward sam i know thank you oh hopefully that's helpful and i did a north south article a couple of years ago but um, I was just I was actually pretty blown away with how many people that I wouldn't have thought of just message and say hey thank you for doing that or being there one of my best mates took me ages before I was brave enough to tell my mates but then one of the best mates here he's like yep no I've been the same not sure why I didn't tell you (laughs) no it's it is pretty common and and I think it, it all walks of life no, you did right, Sam. Hey, mate, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast and uh, keep up the great work and best of luck for the new season. 
Thanks for tuning in to Talking Dairy today, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sam. If today's podcast has got you thinking that you or someone you know might need help, please head to the Dairy NZ Wellbeing page, that's dairynz.co.nz forward slash wellbeing, for a list of great contacts and organisations offering mental health support. Also, go back and have a listen to some of our previous podcasts on mental health and wellbeing, episode 33 with Taranaki Dairy Farm. Kane Briscoe, episode 26 with dairy farmer and leadership coach Loshni Manakam, and episode 4 with politician Todd Muller. Also, keep an eye out for our June-July issue of Inside Dairy, which has a story about Sam and his mental health journey. Catch you next time.